Thanks for finding Organic Matters with wherever you're going to hear this. The world's going lately. It won't be hard to figure out. We'll talk a little about the inspiration for gardens that can really stand the heat. I've talked about this a few times. This is sort of a general idea. But to give you some other ways you want to go, because this is not a... Once in a lifetime occurrence, folks, we're going to find this happening more and more often as climate change continues, which we haven't done much to uh, mitigate yet. I hope we change our minds. So we'll talk a bit about that uh, for this part of the show. As we continue to break heat records literally every day in many different regions all around the country, gardeners have to think more than ever about how they can actually create gardens that can stand the heat. Gardening for extreme temperatures is not just about adapting to climate changes. It's about working to mitigate the effects of extreme heat through more careful design and through the various different choices that we make in our gardens now that we know this is going to become a more and more regular part of the growing season. Understanding how plant choices and design decisions can increase the resilience of a garden in extreme heat is an important part of considering what are you going to do in your garden. So let me give you a few examples that will illustrate some of the strategies that you can think about or that you can use. Perhaps these ideas will give you some inspiration to help others beat the heat in their own gardens. Well, the first way that always comes up when this kind of situation arises is their escaping. One major thing that we need to do is to create gardens that can stand the heat is to make, of course, the right plant choices. Plants that are native to arid or semi-arid settings can often be good choices for high heat situations as well as just dry ones. Understanding plants is important because this allows us to follow ones best suited to particular locations in your particular garden. As probably obvious, in extreme heat, plants lose more water. Some plants have specific adaptations that enable them to hold onto the water more effectively during hot conditions. Regardless of water availability, heat tolerances is another plant characteristic. Some plants can cope with heat far better than others. So while in temperate climates, we may be more familiar with the plant hardiness in winter. We also increasingly now have to look at the hardiness against plants due to the increased summer heat. Often, we can use native plants as these are best adapted to the conditions found in a particular location. But sometimes, as our climate continues to warm, we might have to turn to native plants from other regions historically a little warmer than our own. Another way that we might go to create gardens that can stand the heat is in a direction that allows us to actually decouple somewhat from the conditions. For instance, growing undercover allows us to have more control over the environmental conditions, and we might even think about creating a, I call it a closed-loop system. I have a friend that does an excellent garden because he uses a closed-loop aquaponic system to produce his food in much more controlled conditions uh, when the weather is hot outside or even when it's too cold. You, you just It's a different approach to gardening, especially if you're gardening to feed yourself. In a well-ventilated space with a well-designed water-based growing system, it is potentially possible to grow a lot of food, even in areas where extreme heat would typically make this a serious challenge. Of course, I should say here, you really do not need to decouple from the environment to create a garden that can withstand the heat. 
Often, working with nature can be just as effective for food production and other sorts of gardening. I mostly think about gardening to eat. I love flowers. I let Mother Nature do most of that. One important thing to remember is to strive to create a resilient garden. That is, everything comes back to the soil. With healthy soil, we have healthy plants, and when those plants are eaten, we have healthy animals, including us. Understanding and improving the soil through keeping a living root in the soil for as much time as possible and avoiding tilling and digging, of course, and using organic matter as mulches are all important in creating a garden that can withstand heat waves in the summer. No dig gardens such as lasagna beds, if you've ever heard of them, or you might want to look this one up. They're called Hugel Culture Mounds. It's actually a German idea. Humus, rich planting basins in rain gardens. Another one that I've messed with, I've never done it myself, I helped another lady do it, was called waffle gardening. Plus all sorts of raised mulched beds can help us create gardens that can cope with high temperatures when they arise. And something we kind of used to avoid, but but may be different now, is shaded vegetable gardens. Creating shade for the key growing areas during the hottest parts of the year can be very important. While most of the time, in most temperate climate regions, full sunlight is required and desired for annual food production. It is important to remember that shade can often be beneficial and heat waves are in the hottest regions uh, if it's just designed properly. We can create shade in simple, obvious ways, like myself, using shade netting erected over frameworks when the vegetable garden is really getting hot. They can go down up very quickly. We might also use a pergola or other structure covered with uh, climbing plants, either annual or perennial, and designed properly. They will, they will supply that shade when you need it. And here, I'm not sure how this will work this well in Texas, but I have seen it when I lived up in New England. The best ways to create shade for hot summer conditions, really up there especially, did not involve construction, but rather careful and considered planting. They call them forest gardens. Forest gardens can be all about creating shade when and where it is beneficial, while creating sunny open areas where it is less so and combining plants carefully. A well-designed forest garden should be more resilient than other systems due to its symbiosis and the actual biodiversity you have there. It should be able to withstand the heat and whatever other conditions come in its way once it is properly established. Well, that's just sort of a quick rundown. I hope these ideas are just some of the many different strategies that we can learn to employ in our gardens to cope with the more frequent high temperatures that are bound to come our way. And for a couple more hints, for instance, do consider this. Mulch, 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 and then mulch some more. Protecting the soil is one of the most important things you can do in a heat wave. Bare soil can overheat more easily, killing off the beneficial soil life upon which many of our growing efforts really depend on. Covering the soil with either plants themselves or with organic mulch helps us to keep the soil temperature down and to maintain moisture levels in the soil by reducing evaporation, of course. With organic mulches covering the soil, less moisture will be lost from the soil and they'll be more available for the uptake of the plants that you're trying to grow.
We mentioned that, but I'll mention real quick again. Create shade to reduce air and soil temperatures for plants. When it's extra hot, even plants that love full sun, most of the time, may need some shade to reduce the stress. In full sun, plants will typically use and lose more water than they do in the shade, so increasingly using shade cover during extreme temperature highs will often be very beneficial. Do, if you can, set up sustainable watering systems. Of course, water can often be a problem in a heat wave. You may often find that during hot spells, water from usual municipal sources is in short supply. All the more reason why you should take up matters into your own hands and set up a sustainable water harvesting and watering system on your property if it's at all possible. Ideally, you would have a good rainwater harvesting system in place and should have spent some time thinking about how you catch the water on your property and how do you keep it around. Even if you have yet to implement such a scheme, you can go ahead and set one up to be ready for when it rains once more. In the meantime, you can also make sure that you use water more wisely, whatever the source. Set up irrigation systems to make sure plants get the water they need and that you're not wasting fresh water that you really don't need in the garden. And here's a don't that I see a lot of times. It's interesting. Don't water little and often. One of the biggest mistakes I see that's been happening during a heat wave is to water frequently but shallow. If you water little and often, this can encourage plants to develop shallower roots, which unfortunately reduce their resilience and cleave them far more vulnerable to hot and dry conditions. Instead, it's important to water well and deeply each time you really do water during the heat wave. Leaving it longer between waterings, but watering well when you do water. This encourages plants to develop deeper root systems and give them a greater, much greater resilience for growing into the future. And this may sound obvious, but don't just splash your water around. Water should always be used wisely, but especially so during a heat wave. Do not splash water around by watering from above. Make sure that you always direct water to where it is actually needed in the soil close to the plant's roots. Watering from above and getting water on the foliage, flowers, and fruits of plants not only potentially waste a lot of water, but can also lead to problems for the plants themselves. Water on the above ground portions of the plant increases the chances of sunburn and also make it more likely for fungal diseases to take hold while plants are already stressed by the hot conditions. And one more note that, that's even more important in hot weather. Overcrowded conditions with too congested or too competitive plants can also increase stresses in your garden, especially during these heat waves. So keep on top of the weeds and pruning, and if necessary, take plants out to reduce competition and increase airflow around the remaining plants. This can help reduce the stress on your plants and help them to overcome challenging conditions of, again, these ever-increasing heat waves that I'm positive we're going to have. On the web, there's a number of real simple systems you can set up for rain barrel collecting, so do consider that. Something has worked for me, because I've moved around in the last decade more than I did the whole rest of my life, so I had to learn, is gray water gardening. It's a very interesting way. It takes a little plumbing if you've moved into a new place or you own a place that you can deal with. But the only, only water 
if you, especially if you work around a little bit, that needs to go into a sewer or a septic system is going to be what we call your black water. Now, strangely enough, in some states like Texas, black water might be considered coming from your shower. But those of us that use gray water don't believe that. I'm careful about the soaps I buy. I don't get phosphorus. Well, it's hard to find phosphate soaps now. But seventh generation and Myers and them make soaps that are totally biodegradable, very safe, and can go directly out right on your ground or can be collected in barrels for use later. But you will be amazed if you just add up your your clothes washing, your dishes, the showers you take, and especially if you have a normal-sized family, the thousands through a year, thousands of gallons of water that are just going back to nowhere. So consider that. Now, you don't have to collect it all. I even have it uh, collected. I had a couple of window units in another older house I had and put buckets where the drip was. The new ones, I think, sling it back into the air conditioner mostly. But that bucket every day or two was full of water. I went and watered one plant, then the next. And through the week, I had three or four waterings, a few gallons each, just from a couple of air conditioners that were dripping into buckets instead of just dripping on the ground where I really didn't need the water in that particular place. So anyway, just a little bit of thought because this heat's really getting me. I don't know about you guys. I'm not an indoor guy, but the last few weeks, I've been indoors a lot more than I usually am. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.